Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for September 1st. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric and I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. We have an absolute phenomenal Labor Day episode for you. A little bit show, shorter. Obviously, Labor Day, people are traveling. Brandon is out and about traveling. Nick is out and about traveling, but Jimbo is here. So basically for the podcast today, I'm going to talk some fantasy football, give you my strategy in drafting. Jim is going to talk CFL, and then I'm going to share Brandon and I's NASCAR picks for you. But before we get into all that, college football is here. Make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel every single day this week. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, myself, Chase, and Jim are going to be live sharing our college football bets, so make sure to check that out. And then the ETOF21 Sports Show's Week 1 Preview Show is live this Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Make sure to check that out. Always, the weekly draft rankings will be up every single Wednesday during the NFL season, so to make sure to check that out. Like I said, we have a phenomenal show lined up for you today. But before we jump into all that, I need to talk some week one. The main, the, sorry, week zero. The main thing that stood out to me in week zero, just shitty coaching. It was absolutely amazing how bad the coaching was. The coaching was just absolutely, positively awful. Awful coaching. And that's what cost Ohio the game. It blows my mind. You lose Rourke, who's a phenomenal quarterback. Harris is in there. You have him throw the ball as much as he did in the second half, where his completion percentage is less than 50%. He has three picks, and your starting running back is averaging over four yards a carry. Give your starting running back the goddamn ball. San Diego State was doing shit to stop the run, and you weren't running the ball. Putrid. Absolutely putrid. And I wish some of these reporters would just ask simple, basic questions after the game. Hey, why'd you abandon the run? You have a backup quarterback in there. Completion percentage, less than 50%. Three picks. Your starting running back is averaging four yards a carry. Got three carries in the second half. Care to explain your thought process? That's it. That's the only question. UTEP. UTEP gave a master class. UTEP should have won by 21 points. They literally should have won by 21 points. And if you bet Jacksonville State, props to you. I didn't bet UTEP. I was just invested in their futures. And it took a hit. And with how awful their coaching was, it is mind-boggling to me. Fucking mind-boggling to me. You have a huge offensive line. Jacksonville State's defensive line is dead. Dead. Just give it to around. Give it to your fucking running back. Have him get a yard. Two awful, awful, just awful, awful pass plays game over. Like literally, if I'm the athletic director, I'm going down to that fucking locker room and I'm like, what the fuck, bro? You're done. You're fucking done. Because that was an awful loss. But we're here. My college football bets, you can see them on the college football tailgate with my boys, XFL, Jim, and Chase. Now let's jump right in the podcast. Let's start talking some fantasy football. People always ask me, Eric, what's your strategy going into the fantasy football? Look, here it is. First five rounds, I'm just drafting the best possible player. And then I look to take a quarterback if one of my top five is up. My top five are Herbert. This is no particular order. Herbert, Allen, Hurts, Fields, Mahomes. One of those five. One of those five is around in the fifth round. I'll take him. If not, like I said, I'll go with the highest rated player in rounds one through five. Then... 
I'll just look to start filling out the roster. I'll look to see what positions I need. A lot of it determines, are you three or two wide receiver sets? Flex, super flex. Super flex is completely different. We're drafting this as a P PPR. So that's kind of how I look into it. In terms of the tight end, I mean, my thought, my thought process going into drafting a tight end was I'll take Kelsey at the pick 14. Pick 14, sorry, pick 14. That was my breaking point for Kelsey. The draft I did, I'd pick eight. Kelsey went in the sixth pick, so it was a mute point. Then I had Hawk. I have Hawk pretty high, but Hawk went insanely high. I was at Hawk as a third round grade. Hawk, he won the second round in the draft I did. So I have the mindset, okay, you know what? We're going low budget. We're going Dalton Schultz in the 10th. That was my mindset, and that's what I ended up doing. So if I'm not going to get Hawk in the second or third round, then I'm going to go Dalton Schultz or my value guy late in the third. A lot of people ask me, how do you feel about zero RB theory? I hate it. My thought process is this, and I said it before, and I really don't think people understand this. You have to go into these drafts and you have to have your personal rankings. One through 200, one through 250, one through 150. However the flying fuck you want to do it. Then when you do it, for the first five rounds, the five players that you draft are your starters no matter fucking what. These are your starters. Unless they're hurt or on a bye, these guys are always starting. A lot of the times what happens is people draft so deep at wide receiver, you don't know who the fuck to, to start. And that's what you don't want. You want to have a sound core of dudes that you could plug and play that are going to be your fucking starters for those first five. And that way you're not picking constantly picking the wrong guy. So that's why I'm not a fan of the zero RB theory. I would just rather pick the best ones available in terms of if I had the top overall pick. I'm taking Jamar Chase. I'm literally taking Jamar Chase if I have the top overall pick. And then on the boot coming around, I would look to take either maybe a Miles Sanders, Derrick Henry, Debo Samuels, Keaton Allen. It kind of depends how the draft board is breaking. Joe Mixon, I wouldn't take him because I wouldn't want a running back and a wide receiver from the same team. Then in terms of drafting in the number 12 slot, look, if I could go like A.J. Brown, Saquon Barkley, A.J. Brown, Calvin Ridley, St. Brown, Ridley back-to-back, -back, get two solid wide receivers, and then in the back swing, and then I could look to go running back. Possibly a Damian Pierce. Possibly a A.J. Oh, sorry, Aaron Jones, Kenneth Walker, someone like that. In terms of drafting a kicker in the defense, look, my strategy is this, is... I wait to the end. I wait to some of the last picks. I'm really high, usually on defenses that players don't teams teams don't want, managers don't want, and I look to take advantage of those and get those a little bit later in the whole process. And same thing, you know, with the kicker. I'll wait, and I'm only drafting one because it, it just blows my mind. All these leagues now have a injured reserve spot. And with that being said, the probability is high that one of your players is going to be hurt when your kicker, quarterback, or defense has their bye, and you can move that player is hurt to the RR spot and pick someone else up for that week. I just It just blows my mind how people waste 
spots on their roster with having two defenses, two kickers, two quarterbacks. It doesn't make sense to me in terms of my bold predictions. I think Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders are going to be top 10 producers at the running back position. In terms of the quarterback position, I think Deshaun Watson is going to be a top five quarterback. In terms of the wide receiver position, I think St. Brown is going to be a top five wide receiver. In terms of the tight end position, I think Dalton Schultz is going to average over 10 points a game. People that I'm looking to avoid, I hate to say it. Look, I love Jalen Hurts. I love Justin Fields, but their current ADP, I would not be drafting up. Running back room, I really think the one that's going to disappoint people is Austin Eckler. I think Austin Eckler is going to be the guy that takes a step back that doesn't produce. Wide receiver room, Jalen Waddle, tight end room. I think that it's Kittle. I think it's Kittle and, um, oh my God, Evan Ingram. I think those are the guys that are going to be disappointed. But as always, Nick will be back next week. We'll be doing more DFS build. And I we'll have my fantasy football rankings up and I'll be doing more stuff with Thrive Fantasy, which leads me into this. I'm excited to announce I am partnering up with Thrive Fantasy. Going to be doing little videos for them throughout the NFL season. So make sure to be on the lookout for that. Now, let's shift our attention to some CFL and welcome XFL Jim to the show. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're going to be talking some CFL and who better to come on than the man, the myth, the legend, CFL, XFL, USFL, anything, X League, Jim. Jim, how you doing today, my man? I'm doing great, Eric. This is a wonderful weekend for the CFL. It is time for some Labor Day classics. Also, also, shout out to the Edmonton Elks for getting the first home win. And who knows how long it feels like a century. It feels like it's been a century. Mother fucking nation. Excuse my language to those under the age of 18 but i mean jesus dude i'm impressed man i mean could you imagine rooting for a team and not getting a home win in almost four years well i'm a lions fan so i've been there before bud you have to remember that i've been i've been down that road they've been that bad huh dude you have to remember we went 0-16 one year yeah but like that's just one year how many oh, How many home games did the Lions lose in a row? Um, how many games? They've lost 26 in a row. 26 in a row. Is it 26 games or is that 26 home games? The longest losing streak. In Detroit Lions history is 19 games. The longest home game losing streak is nine. Set not one, not one, not one, but two different times. (laughs) (laughs) Not one, but two. The longest losing streak of consecutive road games in Detroit history is 26, which spans multiple seasons starting in 2007, ending in 2010. So nine home games is the longest streak. Yeah. 22 for the Elks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But dude, dude, two different times. That's, that is crazy. Like not one, not one, dude, but two different times. Two. 
Shout shout out the Detroit Lions. Two different times. Um, dude, on the clock, I'm drafting Calvin Ridley. Um, sorry about that, folks. <laughs> um, dude, I'm I'm in a fucking draft right now, Jam. This is fucking live, dude. Um, all right, so it's moving on. We're gonna be talking CFL, of course, here. And in terms of CFL futures, I want to run through these. We have the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Toronto plus 160, BC Lions plus 450, Montreal plus 800, Tiger Cats plus 2200, Saskatchewan plus 2500, the Stampede plus 3300, along with the Red Blacks and the Edmonton Elks, 150 to 1. What say you, my friend? Oh, God. God, God, God. You know, the way they're playing, it's still maybe value on the friggin' uh, on the Bombers. I, it's hard for me to pick a team out of this lineup here. Um, uh, it's tough, because I feel like it's really just, it's a tier system. I don't think any of the teams in the lower tiers, I think they could shake some things up. Like, maybe... In a crazy scenario, like the Rough Riders could make the Grey Cup. In a crazy year, maybe the Stampeders can like have a crazy end of the season and make the Grey Cup. I just don't see any of these teams being able to take down like a Bombers. And I'm just saying, you know, I messed up. I should have. I, I what I wanted to do, I completely messed up now in my fantasy football draft. But it's okay. It's only an eight-person league for free, so it's not the end of the world. Um, <laughs> my thing is this: I look at this like this. Who's the team that's going to face Toronto in the East Finals? Uh, I mean, probably Toronto. No, no. Who? No. Who's oh, going to face? Toronto? Who's going to face Toronto in the Eastern Finals? Yeah. Um, it'll probably be Hamilton. Then I say Hamilton twenty-two to one is the the play. It's not bad, but I just I don't know. I don't trust the Tie Cats at all. You don't? No, I do not. Oh, sorry. No, it's probably it's going to be Hamilton or it's going to be Montreal. Montreal. I forgot Montreal was in the East. I can't believe I'm that stupid. Sorry, oh. French people. I'll, I'll still take them. I'll, I'll still take. I will still go with them. Um, if you're now. if you're caught up in the hype right now, just slap a like slap a dollar on Edmonton or two dollars, and then you can just buy like a whole night of drinks. If they do it, a whole night of bottle services. Yeah, I mean, three hundred bucks if you throw two dollars two dollars down. I doubt they even make the playoffs, but there's a shot. There's a shot. Now let's move on to our power rankings. Jimbo, lay it on us. Edmonton. No, sorry. New team at the bottom because they've had like a slip. It's Ottawa. Ottawa's at the bottom at number nine. You really? Yeah, I mean, like we've seen Ottawa. What they looked? Re- they had that stretch earlier on a few weeks ago where they looked pretty good, and then they've just been really poop the last few weeks. They've just been not good at all. They've just been poopy. They got one game up on. They've got what one game up on the Elks. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like their biggest claim to fame in the last recent weeks is they lost close to Montreal and they lost close to Toronto 
and they lost close to Saskatchewan. But guess what? They're doing a lot of losing. I look at it like this, dude. Like, this is just me. I said it a couple weeks ago. Their season's done as soon as Cromwell's a starter. I completely agree with you. I have I have Ottawa and nine and Alex at eight. The issue with Ottawa is they're like the brutal part is they're losing all these games close. But I mean, like, if you're a player mentally wise, that's gonna wear on you because you're like, hey, we had a shot, we are a dark horse. Now we have a quarterback that can't throw the effing ball. And our offense is completely dog shit now. Yeah, it also does wear on you to lose a lot of close games in a row over and over. As someone who rooted for Nebraska and has rooted for Nebraska, I know how that feels. Um, it's And just like Eric said, I feel like if they had Masoli or if they had a quarterback that could actually throw the ball more, they'd, they'd be in probably be winning these games. Now, let's – seven, I have Calgary. Uh, yeah, Calgary at seven for me as well. Six, Hamley. Yep, put Hamilton right there. Seven, Saskatchewan. No, no, five. Sorry, sorry, five, Saskatchewan. I got the Rough Riders at five as well. Four, I got the Alouettes. Yep. Uh, Three, BC. Yep, three is the Lions. Two, the Argos. And then one, Winnipeg. One's the Bombers. They're back on on top, dude. Like, I get it. The Bombers haven't looked great. But you know what they keep doing? They keep winning. They win ugly, which, like, and you always – especially once Zach Kolaros is back to 100%. You expect the Bombers to just, like, pick it up and start mm-hmm. playing way better when it the games start mattering more. That's just what they do when it comes to the playoffs, when it comes to the end of the season. This team just picks it up, and they get better. They get cleaner. You kind of, you kind of feel like they're just kind of going through the motions, I feel. And we felt that – we've been feeling that with, like, Toronto for a little bit too, but obviously Toronto's looked a little bit sloppier too. Um, Let's jump right into it. You know, game one, we have the BC Lions laying three and a half on the road against Montreal over under 47 and a half. What say you, my friend? Because it's Labor Day Classics, I promise the people I will be betting every single game. Give me the over in this game. I think BC's offense is due for a bounce back, and I hate their defense. I love fading the BC Lions defense on the road. Give me the Montreal Alouettes. Maybe money line, but I'm going to like the over. I like them to score a lot of points here. Vernon Adams over under for passing 275 and a half. I'll take the over. I get that Montreal uh, has a good defense. Don't get me wrong. I get Montreal has a good defense, but I'll take the over here. Is there any – I mean, rushing really isn't a thing. Uh, receiving. Who's the receiver we want to tackle here? Hatcher, 76 and a half. Max, 64 and a half. Go Hatcher. Keon Hatcher's a dude. I love him. Whitehead, 41 and a half. Sneed, 39 and a half. It could be a, it's a lucky Whitehead kind of night. Uh, Eric, are you going to be watching that game? <laughs> Friday night or the Saturday night? Uh, Saturday, it's Saturday night, baby. Oh, uh, dude, no. Um, Uncle Rico got a free ticket to the Montreal Brewers, Philadelphia. Phillies game, so he's going to be making. Oh, a cameo. I thought you were going to be watching some college football. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to see if there's any good college games on at that time. Yeah, South Alabama and Tulane's on at that time. Uh, UTSA Houston. South Alabama, dude. South UTSA, Alabama. That's UTSA teaser, that's Houston. A, that's a teaser for those that are going to be watching Jim and I. Along with Saturday Chase morning. Saturday. Um, I'm going to pass this game. I really just. I do not blame you at all. Either. 
either one of these teams in the situation they're at. Next, we have we have Winnipeg laying seven over under 47 and a half on the road against Saskatchewan. What say you, my friend? So this is just a system play for me. Don't overthink it. Winnipeg owns two things. They own Cody Fajardo and they own the Rough Riders. Give me the Bombers minus seven. So I'm gonna I'm looking at Saskatchewan here plus four and a half. Look, for me, you got Saskatchewan coming off a bye. You have Winnipeg playing to win the um not to win, excuse me, to qualify for the playoffs. Yeah, they clinch also, a playoff spot with this win. Also, you know, I I, I like to fade teams that are looking to clinch a, a play looking to play for clinching a playoff spot. And along with top of that, guess what? Winnipeg isn't covered the last two first halves, buddy. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna like co-sign your uh, Saskatchewan first half. I might even dabble a little bit on Saskatchewan money line first half. But I do think Bombers pull away in the second half, two weeks in a row, and get this dub. Next game, we have the Tiger Cats coming off an impressive upset over the BC Lions, getting seven and a half at home against Toronto over under 50. This is another game that really does nothing for me. <laughs> so if this line moves at all um, by the time Monday rolls around, I will be taking Toronto if it gets below seven. Because similar to how the Bombers just seem to ruin Rough Riders' good times, the Argos do that to the Ticats. This is a fun game. This is a close game. Uh, let me I'm gonna take the under here in my in my play for them. Okay. But I if it gets under seven, I might lean the Argos. So looking at these, Chad Kelly, two fifty-seven and a half. Uh Powell, two twenty-four and a half. Um, any of those? Uh, no, I don't really want any of the props in this game. That's gross. Butler, fifty and a half, AJ. Oletti, 64 and a half on the ground. I might take, but hey, is that rushing for Butler? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'll take the under. He's been, um, he's been fairly disappointing this year. Receiving yards, Phillips, 47 and a half. Williams, 47 and a half. Coxie, 42 and a half. Daniels, 52 and a half. Gittins, 34 and a half. Godwin, 45 and a half. White, 52 and a half. Anything what year? What year? The only thing I like is Butler under. Okay. All right. Uh, Last game. Edmonton Elks, a Canadian's team, Canada's team. You know what? Back to the Eskimos, babe. No, no, no. (laughs) Getting, you know what? I'm seeing five and a half here on one book. Over under 46 and a half on the money line. They are plus. 170. What say you, my friend? You know what? Screw it. This is we're, we're the domino effect is here. The 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 run starts now. It started last week, but the run continues this week, Eric. Give me the elks plus the five and a half. Give me the elks straight up. I'm gonna take I'm just fading him. I'm sorry. I am absolutely sorry. I am I am fading. I'm fading him. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm fading. I'm fading. And you know what? My new favorite follow on Twitter, the Elks Herd, official fan hub of the Edmonton Elks. If you're not following them, 
Make sure to give my boys a uh, absolute follow. Dude. I, I like this follow. team a lot. It's a good follow. I like this team a lot, but I have to fade them for the first half, dude. And guess who got CFL Player of the Month? Was it Trey Ford? Trey Ford, 40 of 52, 680 yards, four tutties, 20 rush attempts for a buck 84, two rushing TDs. Trey <laughs> Ford. Boy. Your Edmonton Elks player of the month. Hashtag our team, our city. Hashtag mm. Elks. Jim, what is your best bet this week? Uh, it's probably the one that you made. It's probably Riders um, plus four and a half first half. I like it. I like it. I'm going to take the stamps. I'm sorry, buddy. I have to... I have to get out when I can. I have to get out when Disgusting. I can. Disgusting. Jim, why don't you tell everyone where they can follow follow you, my friend? You can find me everywhere at XFL Jim, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all over. I'm all over. Jim, I'd like to thank you for coming on. Make sure to give my boy Jim a follow. Let's cash some tickets. Let's make some money. We'll talk next week, my friend. Damn right. Make sure you give my boy Jim, a follow at XFL Jim on all social media. Now let's shift our attention over to some NASCAR. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Brandon is on vacation with the holiday weekend, this being Labor Day. So uh, he sent me his picks, his first pick. And the mindset that Brandon has going into this race is he is just going after drivers that historically have one row at this track they all like the high line and they're able to run the high line at this track in order to be fast so he's going with hamlin plus 850 larson plus 525 reddick plus 1400 and he's going with his boy elliot plus 2000 that can be found on bet rivers that's who he's going with my mindset is this i found riddick at plus money to finish higher than chastain Chastain's last three finishes here, 29, 20, and 20. He has crashed in two of the last three races he's had here. Has only one career top 10 finish here. Reddick, last three races, 22nd, 3rd, and 2nd. Has two top fives last five races. Reddick's fourth best average finish among active drivers. Chastain, 31st best active finish. As I said when I was talking about Brandon's pick, just how the track runs favors Reddick's running style. So I really like this Reddick over Chastain. I also, I went with Hamlin plus 850. Second best average finish of all active drivers. Four career wins here. Last five races, 12, second, 21st, first, and fifth. He is this one of his better tracks. And my last race, I'm going to the old man. I'm going to Uncle Kevin, 18 to one. Best average finish among active drivers. September 4th, 2022, finished 33. Take that one out of his resume. The last time he didn't finish in the top, the last time he finished outside the top 10 was May 12th, 2012. He's great at this track. He just does well at this track. He wants to win. If he is going to make a run and be serious about extending this last season, this is the best chance to get a win. So I love Uncle Kev, Kevin Harvick at... Plus 1,800 
to win this week. So that's it for the podcast. Like I said, holiday edition. On the holidays, we tend to go a little bit shorter here. So please make sure to give my boy Brandon a follow at BostonBoy83. Also, make sure to watch myself, Chase, and Jim on the College Football Tailgate this weekend for some college football bets. And then, as always, the ETOF 2 and Sports Show is live. This Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Twitch. Make sure to check that out. That's it for the podcast. Have a good holiday weekend. Make sure you're safe. Let's cash some tickets. Let's make some money. Until next week, boys and girls.